And most exciting sports podcast to listen to. Yes, all welcome back to the Donald and Donald Podcast. Double D Barbershop Sports, baby. And you know we coming at you straight off script, people. Giving you a brand new, fresh look at the things you think you already know about that's happening in the sports world today. Go ahead and pull up a chair and let's chop it up. <laughs> yeah, we got sports on our mind. Let's talk about it. D, my man. What's going on? Listen, we do know that the Charlotte Hornets have been very consistent in losing. Yeah, being bad. (laughs) But listen, one of the bright lights in an otherwise dismal and disappointing first half of the regular season is the play and development of first-round draft pick and rookie sensation Brandon Miller, would you not agree? Yeah, he done came onto the scene. Like it, and it's it's crazy to see the leap that he's taking mid season. Like a lot of people, you you gotta wait. It's either you know, it's either you you you're all in first year. Most of the time, it's either you you show it first year throughout the whole year, or you wait till second third year to make that that leap. With him, I think it's a blessing disguised as a curse. He was he was brought into a terrible situation. We all understand what the Charlotte Hornets is from top to bottom. We talk about it every episode almost. He was brought into a terrible situation. But the strides that he's took throughout the season when LaMelo went down and more opportunities presented itself for him, he took that and ran with it. And it shows what we can do with the young core that we have established. Absolutely, man. Listen, check this out. It has definitely been Miller time, baby. Check out this right here. Against OKC, man, he went 28 points with 11 and 19 for shooting. Against the Pacers, he went for 35 points, 10 for 12 from the free throw line. And then against your Lakers, he had 33 points in 33 minutes. That's a point a minute, okay? And just the other day, he dropped a 20-piece, just to top it all off. Now, listen. Now, you know, we done talked about this and everything. Uh, it, it, the, the, the trade deadline has passed. It's gone. It ain't here no more. But with that being said, uh, P.J. Washington, he went to the Mavs. The Hornets received Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a first-round draft pick. We don't know when that's going to be exactly yet, though. I, I think it's 2027. Okay, because I know we got a 2027 pick with Terry Rozier as well. Yeah, we got a 2027 from them. So we got two first-rounders in 2027 then? Yeah. Okay, that's great. Uh, Gordon Haywood, he went to OKC. And for that, the Hornets received Trey Mann, uh, what is Davis Burton's. And then we already know, like what we said about the earlier trade with Kyle Laurie and uh, T-Time, Terry Rozier. Listen, I've I been, I been kind of thinking about this whole thing, been running it through my mind. Uh, it's time for a little bit of R&R. What am I talking about? We need the recipe for rebuilding, baby, right here. Okay, let's just go ahead and start with it. They don't already talk about rebranding and re-imaging the Spectrum Center. I think they need to rebrand and re-image the team, starting with the coach and a new team philosophy. This is where I want to start, coaching-wise. You still got, uh, I'll, I'll say, take a look at Mark Jackson, uh, take a look at Adrian Griffin, and take a look at James Borrego. Okay. All right. Hey, do you have anyone you want to add to that list? 
Well, that list sounds pretty pretty stern to me. Okay, all right, cool. Not a problem. That's where we're going to start, all right? Now, with T.T. gone, all right, Terry Time, he gone, P.J. Washington gone, Gordon Haywood gone, who you're starting five now with what we got? Um, Injuries has kind of put us in a in a bind, uh, so I really don't know what the starting lineup will look like. I, I expect for it to still be Miles Bridges, Brandon Miller, um, with if Smith going out, I think we released James Book Knight. Like we did a lot of a lot of stuff. We 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 were just waving guys, trading guys. So a lot. Of, so it's I really don't know. From just what I see, I'm expecting a, a lineup including Bryce McGowan's, Brandon Miller, um, Miles Bridges, Nick Richards, and maybe Grant Williams, depending on when our next game is and. When he t- but that's just what it looks like now, especially not having Mark Williams, not having LaMelo Ball, um, and then the decisions that they decided to make at oh. this deadline. Okay, so so Book not gone? Yeah, he got waived. Okay, so so did he even touch the flow this season? Uh, sparingly. It so really not that much to even see what he had to offer. No, but uh, at the same time, he was a part of that. I think he's been in the league for two or three years now. Um and that's the thing too. We were we were proactive. We were making moves and things like that. I guess they gave up on the James Book Knight experience because when they drafted him, he was supposed to be the running mate with Lamelo Ball. Brandon Millers came in and ran away with that spot. He then it's kind of like, what can you do coming off the bench for us? We got Nick Smith Jr. We have Bryson McGowan's who have shown brighter spots than what he has. So I guess it was just cutting your losses. I just don't agree with letting people go for nothing. Right, yeah. Don't get nothing in return. Uh, that's not a good philosophy to, uh, to stick with. Now, uh, Kyle Laurie, and we had uh, discussed this before, hadn't hit the flow. Yeah, it's going to be a buyout. It's going to be a buyout situation. I expect it to be. Um, he's not a guy at this point in his career who wants to play for a non-contending team. Mm-hmm. And especially a team who's at the bottom of the bottom. I just don't see him suiting up in a Hornets jersey. Okay. All right. That's very interesting. So, what do you think he's going to end up going then? It's, that's a wild card. Um, they got to hold it to the end of the season now, don't they? Who us? I think they can do buyouts still. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how that works. Because mm-hmm. I've heard about Spencer Dinwiddie being in that transaction. is Like, he's doing the buyout situation out there in Brooklyn. So, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but I'm expect, I think that's still an option. And I just don't, and I just don't see where he fits, and especially because we've already traded Terry, we've already traded Gordon. I don't see where Kyle Lowry fits in this timeline. Okay, now I was kind of thinking about you. Kind of roughly went over the, the possible starting of five for the second half of the season because we still got the second of a half of the season to go. Really not knowing where Lamella Ball is as far as his injury, uh, when he going to touch the floor again, and, and what's going to happen with that. Uh, but you know, before PJ Washington got traded, he was a six man man. It, it's just what it was, and I think it was by default. But he was looking very very good with that. Who going to be the six man now? It get tricky. Um, depending on what we do with Seth. But that's just a training. It, it would be a changing of a lot of what we do coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do like some of the moves that we did. I, we've already talked about the Terry Rozier trade. I disagree with that one. The Gordon Hayward trade, on the other hand, I kind of more see what it was. The P.J. Washington trade, I can understand it 
more than bringing in Kyle Lowry and settling for a 2027 pick. With getting Trey Mann back um, and Davis Bertans back from the Thunder, Trey Mann has shown a lot for the Thunder. With that guard-heavy rotation, though, he was the odd man out. Davis Bertans has been one of the best three-point shooters, three-point shooting big men in the league for a while now. So that that kind of replaces what we lose with a P.J. Washington. And then a Trey Mann kind of as an upgrade from a James Booknight as far as what he's been able to show in the league so far. Then you go to the um, the P.J. Washington trade. We grabbed Grant Williams and Seth Curry. You love Seth Curry. So there's nothing that I got to tell you about Seth Curry and what he is able to bring to a team. Especially when he heat up, man, and hitting from the, from the outside. Grant Williams is another guy who's shown. He has that edge to him. He's going to talk. He's going to play rough. He's going to do all those things. But he also can shoot the ball. He's had a down year in that perspective. But he can shoot the ball. So it's, it's a they thought they're in contention, and they thought P.J. Washington can help them in contention. Us, we're in a rebuild. Grant Williams is fine for a year or two with what we have going on. Especially, you know, if he doesn't get his shot together, it's cool. It, we're in, it's okay. We lost. We cut some money trading away P.J. Washington, but also got some value back in return. Well, that's good. I guess that's one of the uh, the free thing, free things that they did get right. So uh, I do feel good about that. Um, so when you think about and like I, I kind of keep going back to it, um, I don't know if you can get this train rolling or not until we really know uh, the status of Lamar, uh, uh, Lamelo Ball because that's really is what's going to uh, tell us what we truly have. Yeah, he's the key. He's the key to it all. Um, we've talked about the ankle problem, and we talked about. Going to talk to Steph Curry's doctor. Mm-hmm. Now he has Steph Curry's brother. So maybe they can link something up together <laughs> and, and, and put him in touch with the, the right people yeah. to get them. Ankle. But that's the that's the only problem with LaBello. And we've seen what getting that corrected can do for a guy. Like, I'm not saying that he's Steph Curry. But we've seen just what being available can do for a player. Right, right. Yeah, I got you on that. Um, as far as defense, do you think that uh, that's going to improve uh, with uh, some of the moves that we've made as far as uh, defense is concerned? I don't think we really made defensive moves. We just made moves to not only free up some money, but I also think we did put together a better roster than what, we, 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 what we've been running out considering injuries. We, we brought in a lot of available players who has been available for a lot of their career. Who who also bring like I said they bring some kind of value to the team. Right, I got you. So with the second half of the season, just kind of tell me what do you kind of expect from going forward from here? What can we expect from the second half of the season from the Charlotte Hornets? Uh like you said, like we keep touching on, it depends a lot on how much we see of Lamelo, but at the same time. I think we're going to see a lot of growing pains, if that makes It's going to be a lot of, like we were talking about Brandon Miller. With um, Miles Bridges has hired a lot of, I think it's legacy at 41. So he, it's going to be those things that being fans you have to take away from. Of course, we're not in contention to win anything. Of course, on seven out of ten nights, we're going to be going up against a team who's better constructed and better organized than what we are. But you just have to take the small shining parts and look towards the future. Right now, the the Charlotte Hornets team is a team of the future. We just have to continue. Like I said, 
this was something different. We haven't made moves at the trade deadline in the past years. This was something different. So us being active at this part is showing some initiative of wanting to fix the problem. What we've both been asking for. Show us something that says you want to fix the problem. They have shown that. You just have to keep building on top of that. Get right. You know, hopefully you hit again in the draft and then try to con- convince somebody to come to Charlotte. Yeah. And in and, and, and one head coach's mind, he, he felt that the team was under talented. Uh, but now do you feel that uh, it has uh, that little uh, meter has moved just a little bit more where he can no longer use that as an excuse? I mean, it, it, to me, it's not an excuse anyway. If you're brought in to coach a team, you're brought in to, to, to work well whatever you got. You're the coach. You're the head man. They're going to do what you – you get what I'm – you're, you're leading these men in the battle. So I don't want to hear that the team is under-talented. If you couldn't get the most out of this under-talented team, you're an under-talented coach. I, I definitely agree 100% with that. I'm watching these games, and as I look uh, at, at these games and I watch these games and I'm seeing what's happening on the flow. It ain't no leadership as far as from the coaching aspect. I do see a bunch of good players that wants to score. As soon as they get the ball, they're trying to find something to do with it. I ain't seeing a whole lot of set plays. Uh, I'm taking, I'm not seeing a whole lot of out of timeouts. This is what we're going to do, execute. Um, so so when I look at that, I'm like, okay, yeah. It, it, it start, it's starting from the HC side of things. And then also he's already, it, this is what I don't understand about him. He's He came out and said the part about being an under-talented team. Then you come and say, our defensive struggles is on me. I haven't performed it. So is don't call us under-talented if you're understanding that you were brought here to make us play better defense and you haven't done that. You, it's a thing of why would we follow you? Mm-hmm. Why would we follow you? You haven't gave a reason for any of the for fans to believe in you, for these players to believe in you, and then for you. That was my problem with it. You haven't done anything for you to come out and say I'm under talent. If I'm Lamelo Ball, how do you fix your mouth to say I'm under talent? If I'm Brandon Miller, how do you fix your mouth to say I'm under talent? Miles Bridges, Mark Williams, anybody on this team, how do you come out your mouth and say I'm under talented? Right, right, and one, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you said it because when you talk about the, the, the buy-in, the all-in, just every night, just putting it on the line. I don't want to do that for a coach who don't believe in me. Um, you know how Lamella Ball plays. It's a helter skelter type of situation. It, it, it makes me think of the um, the point guard. Uh, help me out. It's the point guard that was playing for the Knicks, and then he went to um, Chicago Tibbs, and then he got moved around. You, you, you know, you know the guy that I'm talking about and everything. But it, it, it'll come to my mind in a second. Listen, he, Derek Rose. He put his body on the line every single night. And I see LaMelo Ball doing the same thing, putting his body on the line, driving through the lane, getting smacked and knocked down, picking himself up off the floor. I ain't going to do all that if you don't believe in me. You know what I'm saying? If I'm a UT, if I'm untalented, you go out there and play. You don't, you shoot this free that's throw. And, and if, that's the thing. You're saying I'm under-talented, and then you bring me in the huddle and say, I need you to do this. Do what? I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm under-talented. <laughs> I don't know how to play. And I think that's kind of what leads into, if you look at this team, 
they are a bunch of free. They play freely. They play without a care. They other than Brandon Miller, Brandon Miller has shown that he's he's upset with the state of this team. I've seen on a, he scored and was the first man back on defense and turned around and said, "Y'all need to get back." So I I see the the tenacity to be better, right? But also as a full team, I see the lack of daisy. Like I see the. Oh well, it is what it is. Like everybody's on the, everybody on the, and it's not just Lamelo Ball. Gordon Hayward was on the bench in street clothes as well. Mm-hmm. Like the team is just over there having a ball, having a blast, laughing, talk about or, last night, joking around, seeing where they gonna go eat dinner at tonight. So it's chicken wings for everybody. It's it's a point of you've got to just change the culture of this team. You've got to, and it starts from having a man in that head seat who the team respects. Yeah. And like I say, uh, feel to me like you done lost the locker room. It's just how it is. You know, the eye test works for me. Feel like you done lost the locker room and everything. And I don't see LaMelo Ball in no hurry to get back this season. Why would I? We won 10 games, first of all. We won 10 games. And my coach already said my team not good. <laughs> if I'm LaMelo Ball, you're not talking about me. <laughs> So you already said my team, because you're not talking about me. <laughs> so you already said my team, my team ain't good. Right, right. What am I coming back to? <laughs> rest them ankles for the rest of the season. And I got my five year max deal. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. <laughs> okay, well, check this out. I need to talk to you about this right here, man, because this been on my mind as well. Since the doctor has made his debut as head coach over the Bucks, they've been one in five. Okay, listen. Against the Denver Nuggets, they lost by six. Against the Trailblazers, they lost by three. Against the Jazz, they lost by fifteen. Against the Suns, where Damian Leonard was a DNP, they lost by eight. And then the only game that they won was against the Mavs. They didn't have Uncle Drew playing. He was a DNP. They won that game. But, okay, if he was playing, they may have lost that one as well. And then just the other night, they lost to the T-Wolves by 24. Okay? Listen, before this last loss, before this last L they just took, Giannis felt that everything was okay. Uh, how do you think he feel now? Thought process? Um, that, that's why they go get Patrick Beverly. Peanut butter. That's, <laughs> all, that's, a, that's exactly why they go get Patrick Beverly. Because um, the coach ain't going to bring the energy that's needed for this team. It's not a it's not a capability problem. It's an attitude problem. Patrick Beverly is going to fix all that in that locker room. He's going to bring a level of energy and attitude that you have no choice but to match. You have no choice but the same thing that P.J. Tucker did for this team when they was able to reach the finals and win the chip. That's they, that's they Patrick Beverly. Now, Doc Rivers, I vouch for you. I said, a lot of people say you track Rivers. I vouch for you. you, you you're a great coach in my eyes. I, you're, you were straddled with some of the worst luck as a coach could have. You, you Chris Paul, Blake Griffin scenario. Then you go to Philly, you got the whole Joel Embiid scenario. Cool. I, see, I'm understanding. Right, right. Right now, I don't understand Okay. Nothing. Head scratcher. I don't understand nothing. Say what? Obviously, they brought you in to fix this defense. <laughs> this defense has gotten, gotten worse, if you ask me. I asked you, was he a defensive-minded coach? You told me he was I all the way around, some, coach. I thought he could make some adjustments. He ain't shown nothing. I ain't seen nothing either. Yeah, but hopefully, that's what I said. Patrick Beverly is the guy now. 
It ain't a, it ain't a, and that's a, it's not a personnel problem. If you could convince Damian Lillard to play defense, I'm pretty sure he could. If you could convince him to to play defense, I'm positive he can do it. I'm 110% positive that Damian Lillard can play some defense. Patrick Beverly, it it seems like he's going to have to be the guy to convince these guys to buy. Because Patrick Beverly ain't here to score no buckets. Right. He's not here to do nothing on offense. Mm Mm-mm. And, and Patrick Beverly also is the guy. I'm not finna kill myself on defense if ain't none of y'all going. He gonna tell his team about himself. Doc Rivers, I don't know. You gotta show something, man. And and that's the thing. They fired Andrew and Griffin. We both understand that that was a a pulling an alarm before you needed to, before you seen smoke. Like you didn't even see no smoke, and you you pulled the fire. All you heard was somebody flick the lighter, and you pulled the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. So, so Doc is is even more added pressure onto you. The Bucks in general got the added pressure of we we pulled the trigger and got Damian Lillard. That's a lot of pressure. You 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 catapulted yourself into that. Uh, we got to win a ring this year. When it was just Giannis and everybody else, it's like cool. They gonna be a good team and they gonna do. But now it's like yeah, we looking at y'all like if y'all don't get it done, what what was the purpose of doing all of that? Right. See, <clears throat> so let's pull all this together. When you think about Giannis, he's one of the greatest defense, defensive players in the league and everything. So why wouldn't you like? Why wouldn't Damon Leonard follow his lead in that? Is, is he not in his ear? Is it no, is it truly no longer his team? Because somebody has to step up now to get this right. Uh, they brought Doc Rivers in, and apparently, it what they thought he was going to be able to fix, he has been unable to do so far. Giannis, he plays hard every single night, like you said. Uh, the, Damon Leonard plays Ole defense, Ole. You know, yeah. he may or may not. Do you got Patrick Bailey? Beverly coming in, so and they was winning before Doc got there, and that's the crazy part. And it's not the I, I agree with you with Ole defense. My more thing is you don't have to conserve your energy so much that you use you in Portland. We gave them a pass on defense because you was the only legit scoring option. Now you don't have to conserve that much energy to go do the. 45, 50, 90, 70 points. Yeah, you came off a 70-point game last year in Portland. They don't need you to do that. <laughs> we don't need you to do Now, granted, if you get a night where you go for 70, that's a plus. That's a, oh, my God. We don't need you to do that. We need you to get the ball to Giannis a couple times, score about 25, and play some kind of defense. <laughs> That's it. Y'all have the man. It's it's not like it's basketball. I get it's an art. You can lose any given day. I can understand all of that. But when you have a guy like Giannis who dominates so much of the game, just like we talk about Jokic, just like we talk about LeBron, they dominate so much of the game, bro. Help him. Right. And whatever it is, I get it might be uncomfortable for you, but you got to buy it. Damn, you're not the best player on this team anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not the guy. You have to buy into that role of, cool, I'll settle for 20 to 25 points tonight, and I'll buy in more on the defense instead of, I'm coming in trying to score 50. That's not your – That's 
it's not going to work in the grand scheme of things with this team. Right. Because, you know, if, you, if you're trying to do all by yourself, you know it's going to have to score 70 a night because you can score 50 or 60 and lose. But, you know, all right, check this out. Damon Leonard, he's been out the last couple of games with nursing some type of injury, you know, getting his rest. Chris Milton, he just went down. All right. So uh, what now? What's the outlook now? Because now you basically just got Giannis out there doing everything that he can do. And so I don't I don't know, man. Then they got the Hornets tonight. That's a W for them. Just but that's not that's not that's not no measuring. That's not yeah, a barometer. That, don't, really that don't mean nothing. That's what I said. They could have. Yeah, that's a playground that game. game. You know, they, they got a W from that one. Right. They're really. But you know, I hope they don't come after that one and say, "Oh, we got it together. This is what yeah, we needed." No, it won't mean nothing. It won't mean not a thing. Yeah. But but with with that situation, Middleton, I don't know exactly how long he may be out or whatever the situation is. Dame Linda, he nursing some type of injury, is what they say. So what what we got? With that, with that Chris Middleton injury, it looked like one of those KD slid up under him, and it, it, I, I feel like it's gonna be worse than than what it looked like. And he was just not getting his basketball legs back. Yeah, and I think he's a big part of what they're gonna be able to do because he does buy in on the defensive. He's not a all defensive type of player, but he does buy in on the defensive side. Um, with them, it. We love our house. I think with Giannis, Giannis is still gonna be able to. He's done it so long. He's going to be able to get them some W's going down the road. What I'm really concerned about is these seven-game series that they face when you get to the playoffs. Right. I'm not worried about the regular season, honestly, with this team. I get I get the talent proportion of what you have on this team. When you get to seven games and when you run into, really, once you get to that second round, it's not that much of a disparity between talent. What will y'all be able to do then? And it's not even just about injuries, because like we, we, they've had Dave, they've had all these guys, and just haven't been able to put a complete game together. That's more what my concern is with the Bucks. And like I said, y'all catapulted yourselves into that conversation with acquiring Damian Lillard. Right, but you know, with the regular season and uh, whatever that turns out with the record, is going to have a direct effect. On your seating, yes. so you can either make this easy for you or very, very hard. So these games count, man. Yeah, no, nah. and that's the thing. I, the Bucks is the team that gets this benefit because I don't see them falling too far behind to where you. They where, lost. They they've won one of their last five I, games, I, man. I get, that. I get that, but in the the long, you got what fifty something more games to play. I don't think in the grand scheme of it, with the talent they have on this team, that they make. That they drop that far to where it's a, I still think they they find themselves in that one to three seed. Okay. I don't think they drop too far. My concern would be if you drop to five, six, seven play in. That's like okay. Now, now what? Well, they're building a good resume right now. Yeah, they they to do that. I still think they're gonna be in that <laughs> even four. I would, you know, I still don't see. I don't see them dropping nowhere below four. Well, they need to start my, winning. My concern is once you get to them seven games, once you get to them series where you gotta beat us four times. Cause think about it, okay? Think about because I'm thinking outside the box a little bit now. All right, you know, do you know the two teams that was in the NBA Cup, the Los Angeles Lakers? And then they're in the Pacers. And did the Pacers not have to go through uh, these Eastern Conference teams that we're talking about right now to get there? But that's one game and out. 
understand. That's but what I'm out. saying is every game counts, man. And right now they need to get on the same page. Get, they're the, not. The, 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 the end season tournament was a the end season tournament was the end season tournament. It was the Lakers won that, and we we both know what the Lakers is right now. That's true, but I'm saying you take you can't keep losing. And expect to win. And that's like, I, that's like, I don't expect them to keep losing for that much longer. That's what, I don't think they go go one and one and fifteen in this. I don't think they put a, a losing streak together like the, the Hornets did. I just don't see that happening. With like you said, Giannis plays the way he plays every night. He's a guy who can win you a couple games. Yeah, in a stretch, he can get you in a five game stretch. He can get you two or three. Well, he walked out in frustration on one of these games doing his losing streak and everything. So that I can't you be kinda, mad at him. Exactly. I can't be mad at him. Yeah. He just dropped some Thanasis shoes. <laughs> <and Thanasis laughs> <laughs> All right, that's cool. Check this out. Well, you know some other games was played and everything. We took and we had the, the Magic and the, and the Spurs, San Antonio. Now, uh, when you think about the Magic, you know how great they are. You, you, they, they're a young team, as we have discussed, uh, but they have so much talent and everything. I know you, how much you like your man, Benchero. Uh Wagner had 34 points. Carter had 10. Uh, you had uh, Suggs had uh, 17. Uh, Anthony came off the bench as a six-man spot with 12. Now, we do know that uh, San Antonio's in development and everything, but continue to tell me uh, how you feel about this Magic team as they continue to pro- progress, man, because they get some good wins on the season right now. They get some great wins on the season. Yeah, they're a, they're a scary young team. Um, they got a, they got a, they got their solidified one in Paolo. Um, then they just got a bunch of guys who can get after it. Yeah. They just got a bunch of people who can get after it. And they just give energy all night. They give it all night, every night. Um, the same, it, it, it reminds me so much of what the Sacramento Kings kind of brought last year when they reached that third seed in the West. It's just that it's a breath of fresh air. To a struggling organization, and they're all in on it's it's that nothing to lose mentality. Because I understand what I've inherited. I inherited a team that hasn't done nothing for the past 15, 20 years. So what do I have to lose coming in here and and just trying to get you know just going all out, throwing it up against the wall and like seeing what sticks. They don't have anything to lose. Paolo came in there. He's a certified winner. Like, he's somebody who believes in himself. Like, he's one of those guys that he, he's going to just will himself to good nights. Right. Um, I think that um, when, when you think about uh, the, the Orlando Magic and the team, when you think about Cole Anthony, I think he's, his career started off a little a little frigid. Uh, he's starting to take him warm up, and he's playing with a lot more, as you put it, tenacity now. Uh, he can come out and he can do some double-digit games on you and uh, really make a difference for his team. Um, how you feel about that progression? You know, so he's no longer Greg Anthony's son. You know, th- this is this is Cole. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. You know, he's a Tar Heel. Uh, he went to UNC. He didn't get to play a lot. I think he dealt with some back problems at UNC, but I've seen it then. He has that dog in him to where he's gonna he's gonna bet on himself against anybody. And with the lineup that they got, it's not a it's not that guard rotation is something special to watch it unfold because it's not a, a a single man led thing. They all do it any given night. They all can come out there and have that big point guard, shoot guard night with Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. And then the Markel Fultz situation is something just with Orlando identifying a guy who need he just needs a fresh breath of air. He needs new scenery. 
He came in there and Markel Folks has been he has his moments where he's still, you know, but he's been more of a vocal point down there in Orlando. He's had a chance to be him. You know, in Philly, you got to deal with the media. You got to deal with all eyes on you, especially when I think he was there with the Jimmy Butler scenario. And, you know, it's tough. You, There's a lot of eyes on you, and especially because we thought Philly was supposed to be good. You go to Orlando, nobody cared. <laughs> Just play ball, baby. You can go out there and play freely. And that, that has benefited him. Exactly. And it's a great thing, man. It's so fun to watch. We're going to definitely keep our eye on it. Now, you know I'm going to have to talk about this next game, man. First of all, let's talk about these Warriors. First of all, they had to sit Clay down in order to beat the Nets. <laughs> 109 to 98. They followed that up with a win against the 76ers. In that game, Steph only scored nine points, but they had to play the whole entire active roster to beat them. Joel Embiid what, didn't even play that game. And, and listen, Tyrese Maxey was ice cold that night with 12. All right? And I don't think they made no kind of dramatic moves at the trade deadline. All right? Then you come in here now, you got the Warriors. They did beat the Indiana Pacers, they did, okay? But here's the situation with that. First of all, Halliburton had a bad night. They probably clamped down on him because he only had five. But again, the Warriors had to play their whole entire active roster to win after nada at the trade deadline, baby. Talk to me. Oh, no, they did make some moves. They sent, oh, yeah, yeah. They come sent, on. Uh, okay, you make the talk, talk to me then. They sent Corey Joseph somewhere. So who that, who that? Who, I didn't even know he was on the war. Huh, huh. They sent him back to the Pacers. <laughs> Is that where he came from? Yeah. <laughs> Troy Joseph, uh, they made that move. But um, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> that, that's it. I don't know. They they freed up something. But, yeah, um, the Warriors is... The Warriors is the Warriors. Uh, <laughs> so you saying so? So you saying they they finna they finna push forward? And I don't even know whether or not Clay even played this last game at all. Nah, Pasimitsky. Okay, so so they're gonna go forward to, for the rest of the season with a CK, a cold clay, and, and, and make what happen? Yeah, nothing. Exactly. They gonna make man, nothing happen. On, Listen, it took forty-two points, man. Forty-two points for Curry to take and uh, get this game under wraps. His last game, he only had nine because he was like, I, again, uh, we gonna have to show something. He only took seven shots that game. Yeah. He said, "He was look. tired of shooting." He said, "Look, my arm, my arm wearing out, y'all. I can't keep icy hot, baby. I you can't, know what I mean? Wrist, the flick of the wrist ain't the same. So it was one of them. But they just, and that's the thing with the Warriors. Loyalty is kind of coming to bite them in the butt. You, I, I appreciate loyalty, especially coming from a Carolina Panthers fan." An organization that shows no loyalty at all to anybody. <laughs> I appreciate loyalty, but also not to where you're hindering the team. Loyalty to a fault. Yeah, you. It, it comes to a point where Clay's can get hot nights are too far in between. It don't. It don't benefit y'all in the long term, short term, mid term, whatever term to keep him. It just doesn't. I don't. It just doesn't. Maybe y'all can pat yourselves on the back and say, "Oh, we kept him for a full career." But what does that pat on the back do for you or the fans of your team? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, the fans might be mad if you trade Clay Thompson for two days, especially if y'all start winning. There it is. 
with the W-I-N. Win, baby. Especially if y'all start winning, I promise. Let's be real. A lot of these Golden State Warriors fans was not Golden State Warriors fans from the jump anyway. Just just call that what it is. Bandwagon scenario? Yes, just call it. A lot of y'all came on when Steph Curry became the greatest shooter of all time. Even more of y'all came on when they got Kevin Durant. So let's just, now I'll give y'all credit for sticking with it afterwards, but let's just give credit. Let's be real. Let's be honest. <laughs> y'all wasn't there for the Steph Curry, Monte Ellis days. So let's call it what it is. Y'all will be fine with trading. Y'all will be upset for a guaranteed 24 hours. If they win the next game after that, y'all will not care. Right, right. Clay will still get that number put up in the rafters. He'll still get all the recognition from being a part of the full-time champion warrior. He'll get all of that. It just won't be finishing your career here. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Because as I look at this situation, what message does it send for Clay not even to hit the flow and they win? What message does we that don't send? Need for, you talk about hit the flow. We benched you. And we won. That's the message right there. And then he came in the press conference talking about being from going to being one of the best to to now. It is hard for anybody. Everybody don't deal with it, Clay. All of the best players from your time. Like, let's be real. From the time, Clay, when you was looking like one of the best in the league, all them guys still look like one of the best in the league. Mm, think about it. Other than you. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And then they let the TD go, trade deadline gone, and, hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. Mm. Okay, now check this out right here. You take, you got them Cavs, and then you got them Nets, all right? 118 for the Cavs, 95 for the Nets. Now, the Nets did pick up uh, Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young in the trade. So let's start right there. How do you feel, what do you feel that's going to do for the Nets, man? Because they let Dinwiddie go, didn't they? Yeah, he's going to be in the buyout. Okay, so so what's that scenario? Did it improve the team, made it better, worse, still the same, downgraded, uh, upgraded? From a depth perspective, from body's perspective, it made it better. Just from the well, body. fresh legs. Just, yeah, just oh. from having new bodies. and You know, you got more options now. Overall, to me, you didn't do nothing. <laughs> you didn't do You didn't do anything. You, you 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 swapped out Spencer Dinwiddie for Dennis Ruder, and and whoever the other guy. Oh, that is young. That is young. Don't even play no more for real. He don't, <laughs> he don't get out there. He just there collecting some money. He not gonna swing the pendulum any. Somebody any got to hold way. that pine down because hey, it may fly away. You know he's a camera. He a teammate guy. Locker room. <laughs> like, he you need some water. Hey, he over there. Hey. Shoot that next time. That's all he gonna do. You need to shoot that one next time. Tom! You know, that's it. Um, but and y'all didn't do anything. And that's just that's it. That, that's where they are. The net is a place where it's we not make it and I understand them too. Mm. They they swung hard for the fences with the Kevin Durant and they set them back some. So now they're just trying to make the I guess the best of the situation. 
Yeah. Something to really look at, ain't it? I got you. Listen, the Mavs uh, took care of the Knicks, 122-108. to 108. Now, the Mavs did pick up P.J. Washington in the trade, uh, but there's a couple little concerns that I have. First of all, let's go on the Mavs side of it. What does P.J. Washington bring to the Mavs? They did let Steph Curry go, Seth Curry go, um, and, uh, you know, he was a shooter when he was on the floor. Uh, but they picked up P.J. Washington. How do you think that's going to affect the Mavs? Take a little bit of pressure off Batman and Robin? No, 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 no. P.J., I think it's just that Grant, the, the Seth Curry thing was just biting the bullet on something because they, they had to include him in the deal to get P.J. They really didn't want to let him go. I, I wouldn't imagine that they did. But And also, he didn't find a spot consistently in their rotation. So it was, that's what I say, biting the bullet. They knew the talent that they had, but considering the situation with him not being able to get a consistent spot in the rotation. Mm-hmm. And then with, I think this was the major point, with Grant Williams' three-point shot not being what it was while he was in Boston. That was the main factor of we need somebody who I can drive and kick to. P.J. Washington is the perfect thing. He's the perfect, and in, 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 I promise you he was available. The Hornets only got 10 wins. Everybody's available. <laughs> yeah. The fans is available. You can can trade, I shoot the basketball? You can trade for us if you want to. We'll Water come, boy. We'll come support anybody at this point. But it was just one of them things of just trying to upgrade what they thought they were getting in Grant Williams. And P.J. Washington fit the bill. Yeah, because I'm going to tell you something, man. Uh, like you say, he was in and out of the Hornets lineup when he was here, and uh, he became honorary sixth man by default, and he was putting up some great games, man, 30 and 40 points a night. Um, so uh, I think that's something uh, definitely to watch because uh, it's going to take a little bit of pressure off the scoring on the rest of them on that team. It's going to give him a legit – and it's not – And I think for him, it'll benefit him too with being able to play off of a Uncle Drew in a headband, Luca. Mm-hmm. I can just chill out more. I can do, you know, crash the boards. He's going to have to crash the boards more. Mm-hmm. Something that he didn't do consistently in Charlotte. But with the scoring load and not having to ISO and things like that, I think he will be able to exert more energy on that part. But the kick out and shoot thing is going to be beautiful for PJ, for PJ here. It's going to be something magnificent to watch. Yeah, it's going to be great to see, man. Absolutely. Now, when you think about the, the Knicks, man, I'm a little concerned because OJ, he out for an undisclosed amount of time. Uh, Jalen Brunson, he just got hurt. And, you know, he just made it to the ASG. And he might not even get a chance to play in it. Uh, so now, you, and then I, they did pick up a couple of people or whatever the situation was. But I think that may be a Band-Aid on a, on a bigger situation. But now, with these key players kind of hurt, uh, the, the, the Knicks will start to slide. Yeah. And that's scary for them because I don't. I still don't think they. They don't have the room to do that. They don't have a team that can overcome that. Right. They don't have a team that can overcome a skid that I think you're finna face. The amount of skid that I think you're finna face, just because of how important Jalen Brunson has been to y'all. Now it is granted to see how long he's out, how many games he missed, but it's not ideal. Especially after All Star break, things kind of get more serious, and it's leading up to that point. Hopefully. Even if he is healthy for All Star Game, if I'm the Knicks, I'm trying to convince him to sit that out because you're going to be you're going to have that on your resume regardless. You're going to have that one time to whatever I think it would be one time. You're going to have that one time All Star on your resume regardless. I need you for playoff time. I mm. need you for the rest of this season. I don't give a I don't care about your your All Star weekend. <laughs> I just don't. 
don't care. Yeah. If yeah. I don't care. Right. Listen, the, the starting lineup for for the Knicks this night was kind of scary, man. They had Pressure Chua, Hart, Harkenstein, McBride, Divincenzo, uh, 13, 23, 10, 21, and 36, okay? And he had five points off the bench. That is scary, man. You yeah. know, because it ain't, it ain't nothing you can do with that. They needed Spike Lee that night. Yeah, um, <laughs> Josh Hart had a triple-double. <laughs> and, and y'all lost by almost 20. So it don't, it shows, like, it don't matter how good one of our backups play. <laughs> If we don't got our guys, it just don't matter. It's not going to matter. If if Tibbs was to play today, okay, Coach Tibbs, what what you think his number would be? 99. Okay, then he needs to get out there too. Listen. He'd be number 99. Some okay. old raggedy. <laughs> all, right, all right, so check this out. Check this out. We, we know how great uh, – uh, let's put it this way. We know how good – the Chicago Bulls have been playing, man, with DeRozan and my man Kobe Wright, UNC alum, Matt Shadow, Star Hill for Life. Most improved player of the year. Absolutely. Now they did uh the T Wolves, uh, the the Bill the I'm Bills. The Bulls beat the T Wolves in overtime. Very exciting game where Kobe White and DeRozan both went for 33 apiece. Uh this game was exciting as well, where you had uh Chicago take care of a not so good grizzly. But uh, on this night, the Rosen had another 20, I mean 30, and then uh, Kobe, he had a 20 himself, and they looked uh, real nice with this situation right here, man. They still playing a good basketball, a good brand of basketball in Chicago. They just got to figure out all the drama, the, the, the whole drama part of it, of where Zach Levine go. But now you got clear eyes. You know, all that all that stormy weather's behind you. Right. Trade, that down, trade deadline is gone and then. Zach Levine, I don't want to hear nothing else about a trade for the rest of the year. It ain't happening. <laughs> you got to do what you can do for these Bulls right now. And with the with the upcoming of Kobe White, I think it bones for them so well. Yes, he's a scorer first. We all understand that. But his growth as far as playmaking is what I think the Bulls have been missing. When the Bulls looked nice in this new, the new era of the Bulls, it was because of Lonzo, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people give him that credit that he deserves. He was the yes, it was. Oh, we got Demar, we got Zach Levine, we got Vucevic, but Lonzo was what made all of that tick. Having a point guard with the passing ability that he has. And who is willing to pass the ball how he is, it made everything run so smoothly. And then you look on the defensive side, he's a long, lengthy defender. And he bought into, I'm going to jump every passing lane. I'm going to do all of these things that my arms allow me. It might not be my feet. I can't slide my feet that good. I can't. But my arms allow me to make so much noise on defense. Right. He bought into all of that. After coming from so, after coming from um, the Lakers, coming from New Orleans, where so many people gave up on him, he rejuvenated himself with this Chicago Bulls team. And I'm a Lonzo Ball supporter. I never wanted to let him go from the Lakers. I love his game. I hope that we're blessed again to see him take the court. He was what made this Chicago Bulls thing run. Now with Kobe White, he will never be the passer that Lonzo Ball is. But the fact that he's willing 
to make more passes now. Right. Is what's leading to some of these productions. You definitely got he, – he's okay with being a scorer, but he's also okay with passing ball and being a playmaker as well. And uh, that's always a recipe for success, man, when you look at all of that and how that kind of works out. Okay, now check this out. <clears throat> the Suns, they took care of the Jazz 129 to 115. Uh, when you look at that right there, uh, KD, he had a 31-point night. My man, though, Bradley Beal, man, he had a 30-point night himself. Hey, look like he's getting his basketball legs back. And I think because cause I don't even think Booker played this game. Uh, but uh, when you think about this, okay, now he's warming up. Now you really got to start paying the Suns a whole lot more extra attention, especially after this All-Star break, baby. Yeah, Um. the only thing that kind of concerns me with this is Devin Booker not being in the line. Is this a result of you getting Devin Booker's shots that would be there? Or is it a – because he – 11 for 21, this is right there at 50%, but mm. it's not a crazy efficient night. Six for nine, though, from three. Great. We'll take that. But my thing is, is it because of just not having Devin Booker there that you got these shots? Or is it just, like you said, he's coming, he's getting back to feeling like himself? Right. I still want to see all of these guys have us. I'm not expecting all of them to have a 30-point night, but I want to see all of them be involved heavily on the same night. Everybody kind of looks like them. Devin Booker would be the odd man out because they got him playing that point guard position, but that's what you that's what you signed up for. Can you play that point guard role, get yours, as well as get Bill and Durant there? Because I think that's what it comes down to. Do you think whenever it's a situation where all three of them are on the court, that he kind of rescinds a little bit and don't want to take as many shots? He got to get out of that mentality. I think it's that. I think it's that not trying to. It's that respect thing. You get what I'm He's coming from playing in Washington. You need to respect these shots I'm about to make. He's, he's coming from playing in Washington <laughs> versus both of these guys. Both of these guys doing it. You know, both of these guys being the guy on winning teams versus I was the guy on a team that did absolutely nothing. So I think it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to take that third road. But Bill, you got to understand, you're Bradley Bill. You can't take no back seat to nobody or you won't be yourself. Right. I understand that completely. Hey, guess what? Your boy, Bo Bo, got six points on the night, man. I know how much you like the BB. I just like seeing him get some play time. <laughs> just put my man's in the game, man. He can play. He done, he, he had at least at least one highlight dunk for the season. I still remember he that one, play, man. man. In this game, I think he had somebody with a Euro scoop. <laughs> like, my man can play, man. Like, come on. Give him a couple of more minutes and watch him work. Listen, all right, how about this right here? You had the Pistons, man. Hey, they won. <laughs> I think it's two in a row. <laughs> hey, dog. The Pistons beat the Trailblazers 128-122. First thing that stands out to me, I don't think Scoop played. <laughs> I don't think he played, man. But 128-122, uh, what we got going on with this one right here? Um, two teams kind of, two teams kind of in the same spot. I know mm. the Trailblazers didn't put up the the losing record that you know they didn't put up the losing streak that the Pistons did. But you kind of, you guys are kind of in the same atmosphere, and this game showed. Y'all guys went to overtime, and you lost to them. So, <laughs> you guys, you guys are as balanced as it comes. Um, 
both just got to figure some things out. And right. Both situations are kind of baffling to me. Just because you think of, um, I can't think of his name right now for some reason. Monty Williams in Detroit. You coached the Phoenix Suns team. Got coach of the year when he was there. And it looked great. Like, you you was great to have people wondering why you got fired. <laughs> we was wondering why you got fired. <laughs> we see why you got fired. <laughs> and in Portland, y'all go get Chauncey Billups. Y'all draft Scoot Henderson. Y'all do all that. You trade Damian Lillard. You pick up Jeru. You trade Jeru. You get Malcolm Bur- You do all these things. You get DeAndre Aiden out of nowhere. You do all these things. For what? <laughs> For what? What did y'all think was going to happen? I understand the school situation. Y'all didn't understand. Y'all didn't think this would be school. But at the same time, it, it kind of falls on yourself. Because y'all start their own toes. Y'all bring in school to play along Anthony Simons, who they, they the same players, if you want to be, except Anthony shoot better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now you got you you gotta you get Shaden Sharp. You got Shaden Sharp in the draft a couple I think last year. And then you go pick up Jeremy Grant. Yeah. They the same players. <laughs> then you go get DeAndre you you trade Nurkic for DeAndre Ayton. The Suns didn't even want DeAndre Ayton. Y'all answered their prayers. Think about it. So it's like both of y'all teams just y'all gotta figure it out. Something ain't clicking. Something ain't clicking. I got you. I think Scoot Henderson, he he saved himself for the Rising Stars game. He That's going to be his he breakout. He saved himself for Taiwan. <laughs> at, this, at, this, at this point, at this point, he's saving himself. Or he going to find himself right back in the G League where he succeeded. And, hey, he just going to ball out there. But right now, he don't look like an NBA player. He don't look like he don't look like one of the best in the world. Oh so. my goodness! Number three, think about it. Right. Okay, listen. Now I need you to chop this up, baby, real nice, like you do. Uh, your L.A. Lakers lost to them Denver Nuggets, one fourteen to one hundred six. <clears throat> Let's start right here. What moves did the Lakers make before the trade deadline? Zero. Oh, okay, all right. That's what I thought. Now, with that being said. All right, they lost this game, and what we got here, Rui, he got plugged into the starting lineup and gave him two. <laughs> uh, LeBron James gave him 25. Uh, AD didn't have a double-double, but he gave him 32. And Reeves, he did have a double-double with 15 points and 10 assists. Okay, uh, where we at now? couple things I'll take from this game. Okay, talk to me. couple things. We need D'Angelo Russell mm. on the floor. Mm. We we need D'Angelo Russell on the floor. And, and, and I'm glad. That's the one thing I'm glad we didn't, the fans didn't force us into doing on trading of D'Angelo Russell. Now, early on, I didn't understand how valuable he was in the trade market. Because he was trade bait for the longest time. He, he was he, a dangling he, carrot, man. He's a valuable person in the trade market. Right. But also, he's a valuable person. To us, and he's came into his own. He's doing his thing, and this was a eight point game. I think D'Angelo Russell swings eight points off in our favor. <laughs> yeah, especially with and then you 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 mentioned Rory. I know I was hard on Terry and Prince. I know I was, but if this is the result of switching that, <laughs> switch it back. Take it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
like, don't wait. What are we doing? <laughs> and then, then the thing is, I think uh, they went back to not giving my boy Jackson Hayes no minutes. Yeah, he uh, he he. Well, he had seventeen, 17 okay, nine that's points. That, that, that's decent. That's yeah. decent. Yeah, that's decent now. With that six is. rebounds, okay. But I just think when you got you got Rui out there for thirty eight minutes, and then you got him and seventeen giving you way more than like in every in every statistical category, he mm-hmm. gave you more and less. Right. At some points, you gotta understand. I got to run with the guy who's giving me more. Right. I mean, I, I just don't see it. It's kind of like he was waiting the whole entire game for something to happen. Oh, he, he'll get it started. He'll get it started. You, you, you took 38 minutes and he didn't. Okay, listen. There's a couple of things that I wanted to get you a little uh, eyes on so uh, you can tell me how you feel. Uh, 76ers picked up Buddy Hill. Um, it don't matter without Joel. That's just what I take away from that. Uh, with Joel fighting that injury, it looked like it, and I think it's a serious one too. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't. Nothing you guys do is gonna replace not having Joel. And and and, and like you said, uh, more eyes is on Tyrese Maxey now, uh, and he's hot and cold. Uh, but also they they locking him down. Yeah, it is just because they don't have to worry about Joel right now. Yeah, we know everything's gonna come through you. Is 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 the is it a wash? Um. But... With the injury, I'm expecting him to be out the rest of the year. Almost, mm. almost, I'm expecting him to be out. So it is. It, I think it's just over for him. You take you you win the MVP of the league, and then and then you follow that up with more injuries. Yeah, but it's it's tough for him too because we are as as a fans, we're critical about him missing games and things like that. But when it turns out that he's actually fighting something serious, it's kind of like. Well, you know, we feel, you know, I, I wish him the best, person, man. I think as a people, we should take some accountability of we were questioning why you sitting out, especially that Denver game. He went to Denver and didn't everybody like, why you, you, you're avoiding your kids. You avoid. No, I'm actually. I'm yeah. actually, And then with, you know, the stigma of today's league with rest games, we, we taking time off. We doing all this. We doing all that. So it, it leads to some of our reactions. But then when you come out and you have an injury as significant as what he has, it's like, can we understand that? Mm-hmm. Are we just going to stick on, oh, uh, you're not playing. He's not doing. Yeah. I, I think he might need to take a, a, a page out of Tua's book and learn how to fall and, and do a couple of different things. You know, he's a great player, man, but his injuries have been plug, uh, plaguing him his whole entire career. And, and like I say, it's a, it's a true injury. I'm not taking anything from no. it. But but I'm just saying injuries have plagued him yeah. his whole entire career. And that's the thing, too, that's scared. The only thing that's scared me, I think that's people don't understand the size of a man, the size of a person, and dealing with, especially when it comes from the base up. Mm. Like if you, you talk about knees, you talk about ankles, you talk about things like that. You talk about back. All these things that Joel has dealt with at his size, it's tough. It's tough to fully. And then, yeah, I know they get off seasons. What's an off season? About four or five months mm. until you get. I don't even think it's that before you get back to NBA training, NBA. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a lot. So let me ask you this question right here, right off the cuff: Do Joel Embiid in a, with the 76ers or somewhere else? Win an NBA title and ring before the end of his career. I don't think with the Sixers. I think he has to go. I think he's gonna have to take that bite the bullet of not being the guy, or not being the the sole guy who leads somebody to a championship. Also, we don't see nobody solely leading anybody to a championship anyway. He's gonna have to team up with somebody, 
as as much as we hate the super team link ups, as much as we hate Joel's case, he's gonna have to link up with somebody who can pick up those games where I gotta rest my body. Give me a scenario. Like who? Give me an example. A lot of them's gonna sound like a stretch. Just because of I like you know we love the stretch. Yeah, a lot of them is gonna sound like a stretch. But I think if you give Jimmy Butler again, if you give him Bring them, him back. If you give them this but in Miami this time. Take him down. Take him down to Miami this time. If you give now these are granted. If you give a Trey Young a Joel Embiid. If you give a Luca a Joel Embiid. If you give Steph Curry right now, I would trade the house to get Steph Curry a Joel Embiid. Is that? But also as the 76ers, I'm not coming up off of Joel Embiid. <laughs> so it, 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 it's one of those of I think it's gonna happen in free agency, and he's also gonna have to bite the bullet of I'm not gonna get what I think I'm worth. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to take. You gotta swallow some pride. Yeah, you're gonna have to. If yeah. you want to reach what I think is the ultimate goal. Well, listen, you, you you know how passionate he is and everything. You know, it's okay to shed a tear. Ain't no problem with that. Uh, but I think it's something that he wants, and it, he's gonna really going to have to think about that thing uh, before it gets too late in his career. Yeah, you know, I, And with these injuries piling up. Right. That's what I'm saying. You know, I do hope he, he comes back as quickly as possible because whenever it comes to uh, the game of basketball, we want everybody to be, as you know, as uh, injury-free as possible, but we also want to see that high level. And he's a high-level player, and we like to see him play. How about this right here? Uh, you taking um, Pacers, mm-hmm. uh, Doug McDermott. What do you think about that one? Um, brings more shooting. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Uh, the only thing is, I think offensive, offensively is not your guys' problem. You got to bring in some defenders. You got to, like what the Knicks did with bringing in OG Aranobi, somebody who can be your best wing defender and take away their best score. I just think the Pacers haven't made that. They've got a lot of scores. They just went and got people who can score the ball. They went and got Pascal Siakam, who is, he's not terrible on defense, but he's not considered a defender. Um, then you go get, like, Doug McDermott. You trade away Bruce Brown, who is one of your better defenders. Um, but I think they're buying too much into the offensive mentality. It's, it's from from kind of what we're putting together right now, it kind of seems like they just want to outscore the team. That's and that's kind of been their the identity. Yeah. That's kind of been what's led to their success this year. Just score more points. But you got to look at the, you know, us. We look at the bigger picture. You're not going to keep that up. Somebody's going to have a cold night. And it might be multiple players on the roster that's going to have a cold night. We talked about the Warriors Pacers game. Mm -hmm. Y'all got to score 131 to 109 against a terrible team right now. Mm -hmm. So if they can do that to you, now granted they have Steph Curry, but if they can do that to you, it's about 10 other teams in the league who can do that to you. With, uh, you know what I'm right. with better rosters. Yep, yep. You're right. So if y'all are y'all are not in the, it just got to be. What do y'all see this team being? Mm-hmm. Are y'all fine with just? Okay, we finally in the playoffs. We, you know, are y'all, you know, you can make the playoffs and not be a contender. That's what I'm saying. Are you fine with just? We made it to the dance. Whatever happens, happens. Or. Do you want to be one of those teams that we talk about, like the Celtics, like the Bucks, like the Nuggets, like the Lakers? Who, the Lake, and that's the, the Lakers get so just because we understand the makeup of the team. Any given night, LeBron and AD will come out there and, and thrash you on both sides of the ball. The Pacers have not shown that I can pick y'all, even when the world is against y'all. Right. That's mm-hmm. what it is. When are y'all gonna make that? 
They need to make it sooner than later if they want to take and you know go far in there. You know you don't want to take and go to the dance and then don't have nobody to dance they with. Get swept in the first round. Yeah, come on now, don't do that. Listen, when it comes to the San Antonio Spurs, they picked up Marcus Morris, and when you think about that, and when I look at that, uh, that's more of a well. You tell me first because it looked more of a, like maybe a defense mentor type situation. Yeah, that's more <laughs> just a enforcer attitude bringer uh, type. You know. They got a lot of young guys on that team. Yeah. And that's what he is. He's going to come in and be that physical presence as well as the, the I won't say leader, but also the vote. He won't be afraid to speak up to these young guys and say things like that. It's not a it's not a making our team better situation. It's a having somebody for our guys to learn from. Mm-hmm. I got you. The Kings picked up Robin Lopez, so uh, I guess that's a defensive type situation, you know. There's a depth. Thing, yeah. Um, somebody pick up uh, five, six more extra fouls. Yeah, somebody to get you know Sabonis if he get in foul trouble, if he look winded, somebody to come in for a good six, seven, eight minutes. Do you feel like uh, Atlanta uh, did a uh, ice tray injustice by not making a more big of a power move? Because like you say, he he ice tray. Um, I guess they're betting on Dejounte figuring it out or figuring out how to play with. Because that's the only thing I see, just not them being able to play together. They 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 go off and have great nights. It's just it doesn't look like they've built that chemistry up to play with each other. Um, if I'm Trey Young, I am looking like you could have did something. But also, if I'm Trey Young, I'm understanding that that something might have been lesser. Mm-hmm. It might have been them taking quantity over quality. It might have been, you know, them taking somebody... You usually lean towards youth in these trades and things like that. Yeah. You could have been taking somebody that they're betting on their potential who it never blossoms into what they So you gotta look at both sides of it and just understand as Trey Young, you can only control what you can control. And he's in that space, I think he's mentally prepared for that. Trey Young has shown nothing sways him to change his game. He's gonna play Trey Young ball, he's gonna give you what he can. Regardless, but when when I think about Trey Young and uh, the great player that he is, uh, he he has to be supplemented. He, he can't do it on his own, you know. And, and I've seen his game, and when he get that little teardrop in the lane going, uh, when he get that three point going, when he do a little logo, uh, he he has a supplemental game. He he can't do it by himself. And I, I don't know if Murray is the person to do that or not, or they people, need to get another piece. A lot of people compared him to Steph Curry, but I think where they differentiate, like they just look at the shooting, right? And they compare him to Steph Curry. I don't think they're the same players at all. Mm-hmm. Trey Young is way more of a playmaker first, who can score the ball. He he looks for those passes. He is looking for those passes. We've seen him lead the league in assists. Like, he's a, a, an incredible passer. And I think that's something that you have to hone in on f- far more than his three-point shooter. You're not going to be able to recreate a Stephen Curry system without Stephen Curry. Let's get that out of the way. You have to take advantage of what Trey Young does best. And I don't. I honestly don't think it's his shooting. I think it's his playmaking. The shooting is just a plus because you have to react to him play. You know, and they just haven't figured out. You go get a Desante Murray who's not an off-ball. That's what it is. You have to find these off-ball type of guys who are fine with letting him cook 
and he's going to find you if you're open. Right. I got you 100% on that. Hey, how about these games is on tap, baby? Turn on. Listen, you got the Hawks, got a chance to see it again, and then you know how we feel about the 76ers in their situation. Got the Hawks winning this thing? Yeah, they got you. Okay, give me a score. Uh, You got to win this one. I'll say 115-104. Uh, uh, give me, give me uh, the point uh, production on Tyrese Maxey tonight. I give him seventeen. Seventeen? What? Yeah, I give him seventeen. I just think they'll hone in on him. Just, yeah. We talked about it. Just with not having Patrick Beverly make his debut. He went to the books. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. see, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, hey, he was in my mind. <laughs> All right, listen. The R and R game. The Rockets and the Raptors. Who you got? Uh, I got Rockets right now. Um, they're still a. I just think they're a talented team who just dealing with that young aspect of it as to why they lose some games. But I still, I, I, I still like what they're doing out there. And then Fred VanVleet, I think he's making his return to Toronto. I think you see a big game from because he's kind of taking a back seat. He's been that play. I think he had like a fourteen assist game with zero points. Like he wasn't worried about scoring at all. He's taking that role on this team. But I think going back to Toronto, he he, he tries to remind them like, now uh, I was a big part of that ring for y'all. <laughs> exactly. Now uh, Jalen Green is still playing for the Rockets, is he not? Yeah. Uh, now he was he seemed to be more of a flash in the pan type situation, man. It, it, you know, for a while. That's the only thing we was hearing. Jalen Green, Jalen Green, Jalen Green in the Houston Rockets. I ain't heard his name that much here lately, man. Um, his he, game cooling off. It's it, it's that. On and off game, because just the last five, he went 34, 31, 14, and 8. Then he went 30. Yeah. So it's that. It's Hot either, cold. It's either he's on or he's he, yeah. he not. Consistency needs yeah, to be there a little what, bit that's more. That's what he's working. And I think it's more of shot selection. I've watched some of these games, and he he he, he depends on his talent or God-given ability way too much versus knowing when to attack. Is versus is more of I know I can do this versus knowing when to do it, and, has, and apparently how to do it too. He, he's gonna have to figure that out. Got to boost uh, boost up the IQ on that one just yeah. a little bit. I got you on that. So uh, the district uh, plays the Celtics. Uh, they're gonna take and work on their shooting tonight. <laughs> Okay, next. Listen, you got the Hornets and the Bucks. Is what is a game we had already mentioned before. Okay, the Bucks they gonna take and get everything together tonight. Next, then you got uh uh, uh how about this one here? The, the Denver Nuggets in the Sacramento Kings, baby. Uh, this one might be a little bit of a, a little <laughs> bit of a challenge for them, right? Um, just because I do ex- I do respect what the Kings got out there. Um, I think they're on a three-game win streak right now. De'Aaron Fox. And that's the thing, too. We haven't seen Jamal Murray really pop. He ain't popped on nobody's screen yet. Jokic is still doing Jokic things, but I also respect what Sabonis can do. I think Sabonis, you know, I love seeing the boy, the baby Joker thing. Um, I think he's he fits in that category of it might not be to the level of Nikola Jokic, but he's he's able to do some of the same thing. You can run an offense. Mm-hmm. You can give it to me, and I can find an open. You can, and then I also can go score if I need to. So, and then rebound and things like that. I think they kind of marry each now. Level wise, it's different, but and that's just the thing. I just don't think right now they have a somebody outside of Jokic. Y'all don't have somebody playing on the level of a De'Aaron Fox, and that's what I think will be the difference maker. 
Right. I got you. So, who you think wins this game between Denver and the Kings? I think the Kings walk away with it. And then Nuggets also came off of a tough game last night against the Lakers. Um, back-to-backs. You know how that works. Um, I think the Kings find a way to run away with this one. Okay, that's cool. Listen, now, the Pelicans, they, they warming up, baby. Okay, they got they got a little mini streak going. And guess who they playing? Them Los Angeles Lakers. Daughter. Okay, you need to go ahead and chop that one up for me on that on that capsize. Uh, Pelicans, Lakers. Um, Everybody healthy. I think this should be a it, it should be a win for the Lakers. Um, I think we get a a more dominant game from AD just going up against his former team. I think he's one of those guys who he takes stuff like that personally. Added um, motivation. Yeah, just a little, that a little bit of it. And then LeBron too. I just don't think he wants to lose to a team of guys he traded away. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then again, coming off of you know it was Kobe night last night, coming off of a loss on that on that night, uh, Kobe statue was unveiled. You know, R.P. Kobe, one of the greatest. Uh, I just think, in my eyes, I hope you would take some pride in what you wear across your chest. Right. Yeah. And not, and you gotta just you gotta get some type of you gotta show some fight back. We lost last night. Cool. We lost to the defending champions. We'll, I understand that. Coming off of that, though. How will you respond? I, I got you. I think you got to take the Kobe. You got it. That's what I said. Kobe Knight, you lost. You got to take what Kobe would. He's not standing for that. Yeah. Well, give me a score. Lakers, Pelicans. Who got this one? Um, I'm going to go Lakers 115, Pelicans 98. You think uh, AD going to get a double-double? Yeah, he's going to give us a 28-13. And what do you think that uh, LeBron going to do? Uh, 27, 8, and 7. Nice. Love it. Next up, baby, what we got? Women's college hoops, baby. Four out of the five top teams in women's college basketball played, baby. Listen, right here, Notre Dame. Got, they faced that feisty Louisville team, baby, and lost. Louisville 73, Notre Dame 66. I told you, man, and we already knew how feisty Louisville is, man. They're a great team, headed by, you know, uh, Jefferson, Taylor, and Harris. All of them taking, and Harris gave them a double-double with 19 points and 10 rips. Jefferson 12, Taylor 13, got that win against Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, just, it is tough. Notre Dame fought. They they fought. Uh, it, like you said, though, they just got outscrapped. Outscrapped, and then more got more more people showed up to play. Yeah, uh, it was one of those nights. More people showed up to play for the other team, or got it going more than what you could. And and, and cause when it comes to Notre Dame and everything here, Doggo, hey, great, hey, listen, wonderful, great spot, man. Uh, Thirty points on the night, still playing her game. Yeah, I think she hit like a thousand steals this night. <laughs> you see what I mean? So they they gonna be okay. They gonna be okay. Yeah, she had seven in this game alone. Right, right. So listen, we know that uh, uh, stealing machine. Okay, hey, how about this one right here? We had Syracuse uh, take care of Georgia Tech, sixty-two to fifty-nine. Uh, when you think about um, Syracuse and what they have to offer, you got Fair with seventeen, and then Latham had twelve off the bench. Yeah, so, you, we don't hear a whole lot about them, uh, but Syracuse is a, a very decent team. Yeah, they're just creeping into that, that, that back end of it. They they didn't get the early recognition early on, but just then, um, that lunch pail mentality, right. showing up to work every day. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and and that right there is, is something that's also very fun to watch. But when you think about uh, Georgia Tech and everything that they was able to do, yeah, uh, Blackshear had 15, Dunn 17, and Morgan had 12. So you had uh, three out of the five starters in uh, double digits. Yeah, but then you get 25 off the bench from Syracuse. So right. That, that We talk about it. That, that, that's that been the difference making a lot of these games. Pine play is a real thing. <laughs> okay, now how about this right here? This was a high-scoring affair. You had Indiana. 94 and uh, Michigan State 91. A uh, great game. And when you think about uh, what Indiana has, you don't hear their name a whole lot. But listen, when you think about this one, you had all five of their starters in double digits. And Moore McNeil had a triple double daughter. He had 10 points, 11 assists, and 10 reps. Yeah, uh, that's a good game. They did what they needed to to walk away with this game. They took advantage of. Um, and that's the thing too. Michigan State, they had uh twenty four off of their bench between two players. Like they they did it all. And then I want to say three, yeah, three out of the five in the star lineup had double digits. It yep. was just those final two didn't didn't give them what they needed to get over there. It's a three point game, so if you could do just that much more, it would have benefited them. You just couldn't pull it together this night. You right. muster it up. And we're going to say a shout-out to Hagman. Had a double-double as well. We love the double-doubles here at Double D. Had 19 points and 10 assists. Great job. Listen, uh, South Carolina, number one women's basketball team in the country. All right. Went up against M-I-Z. Missouri took care of business, 83-45. to 45. Let's stop for a quick little second. They didn't have a Cardosa. Okay, I think she's doing Olympic qualifying. Uh, uh, best of luck with that whole situation. That's going to be a beautiful thing. Didn't really worry about that because when it comes to South Carolina women's basketball, it don't run through one player. It's ran through an amazing program that Don Staley built. So, um, wasn't a whole lot of concern there, uh, and they still seem to be rolling quite nicely. Yeah, that just shows that they can take away that that senior leadership, the leader of the team, and they're still fine. They won this game by almost 40 points. Right, and Kit, Kit stepped up with 10 points. Your girl, Fool Wally, I know how much you love her. She had 19 on the night, but uh, their next opponent is going to be uh, just a little bit more of a tester. South Carolina plays UConn, man. Yeah. Um, that game, you never sleep on the Geno. Absolutely Gino not. Team. No. Um, and they still got people like Paige Buckers out there. Um, they're they're still a talented team. You, this is a game you want to have everybody available for. You want Cardoso to be back. I'm not sure what the qualifier. Thing. Yeah, she. I don't think she's gonna be back that next game. And I'm, I don't think she's gonna be back. It it, it it can be a sleeper game. Mm-hmm. But I think we've also touched on this. When you asked me about if South Carolina could go all the way, this was the game my circle. Because I think we asked that question after the LSU game. Right. This was the next winner. This was the this was the and I think it's it's gonna be a little different. Um, you know LSU they have the personality thing that they're trying to balance out there. The, the you guys have built so much of an image. How do we hone that in? to benefit the team. Right. That's what LSU is dealing with. UConn doesn't really have that problem. They're a team who, we're UConn Huskies, anything other than championship is a disappointment. Um, so I think they will be ready to play that game. And like you said, like we just talked, if they don't have everybody available for this game, 
it will get tricky for South Carolina. Yeah. So, like you said, you had that game circled. So, this this may be – you know it's going to be the game to watch, man. Yeah. So, you, you think that it's going to be a situation because Geno always have them ready to play. And they're going to have to um, – South Carolina, I feel, is going to have to start off very quickly, and they're going to have to keep – the gas pedal pushed to the ground. Yeah, they they just gotta. It, it's really gonna be on the defensive side. Um, I, it sounds crazy, but South Carolina, I want to say, is undefeated if they score sixty points. They they go over sixty, they're undefeated. So that that puts a lot on you. You just gotta get those extra stops. You guys can score the ball as well. It's gonna be those those couple extra stops that can win you this game if you're UConn. Right, right. It's going to be a great thing to see, baby. Listen, now Virginia Tech uh, played NC State, and Virginia Tech uh, won that game 72-61. to First of all, uh, with uh, NC State being ranked so high, actually in the top five, uh, do you feel that Virginia Tech is underrated as far as the ranking? Because I think they're hovering around 16, 15, 16, right around in that area. The way the rankings work is it's kind of week to week based off what you, you know. Um, and they had, I want to say, two bad losses back to back. But other than that, they're nine out of the last eleven games, including this one. <laughs> so it, it kind of shows, like, yeah, we took. I, I want to find out who those two losses was to, but yeah, we took those. We took those losses because you seen how how far they made it last season. It was ranked twenty one, Florida State at the time, and then they lost to an unranked Duke. Could we both understand having a car loss it? Oh yeah, great coach, coach, great team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we yeah. we understand that. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that. Um, and I got Duke's recruiting class is only getting better as far as women's basketball. So it'll be amazing to watch what they do going forward. Everybody want to play for Coach Lawson, man. It would be amazing because she's she's next up. Yeah, I think she's honestly next up as one. She was of great at Tennessee those too, man. Great coaches. Yeah, yeah. So, man. Hey, Pat, Pat Summit taught her everything she knows. You know, I think she's she's <laughs> next up for that that role of next great coach. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a work in progress for Duke. Right. But I just, they they lost to Florida State and Duke. Like I said, though, they're around 9 for 11, 11 for 13 out of those last games. They're fine. And they're a team who understands we're fine. <laughs> right. We understand the any given night circumstance of it. Especially if you don't show up to play your game. Getting through those bumps and, you know, getting through those bumps of, okay, we didn't show up to play this night. We'll benefit them going into the the turn. Right. Absolutely, man. And like you said, you like I'm going to say it one more time. You see how far they got last year. I think they're, <laughs> they're prime to make another run. Like <laughs> Listen, now, uh, Pepperdine did not bring enough seasoning to take care of Gonzaga, man. Uh, Gonzaga, 83-46. to 46. We done already talked about Gonzaga. We already know how great they are. It's their, it's their division to lose and all of that. They're a, a great team, man. And I'm, I'm just happy at the fact that they continue to keep this thing rolling, man. The Tron sisters, though, man, my goodness. 19 and 14. I mean, this, this, they just doing everything they can do down there. They, they look unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, they just got a, they got a system that's working for them, and they're just taking advantage of it. Like we said, though, it, it, it goes up to just dominating this conference, going into the, the tournament as hot as possible, and trying to put together a run. And you got seniors. Like, that's another team. This is a veteran team. It's not like a bunch of freshmen coming together, a bunch of transfers coming in. Like, this is a veteran team who's been together for three, four years now. Right, right. So, listen, when we look at this next game, and I'm trying to make sure that this is not a typo. <laughs> 
First of all, I will put up 111 points, okay? Mad shout out to my girl Cece, Caitlin Logo Clark. But it looked to me like Stokey had 47. Okay, I want to make sure I'm looking at this thing the right way. Iowa beats Penn State 111 to 93. Say what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Goodness. 47 and 47. A 40 piece with sides, a dessert, and an extra sweet tea. Oh no, it was a it was a it was a dominating footage. He was size 17 for 20. <laughs> it was a it was a yeah, I'm just gonna put the ball up. I'm here. Now listen, now you do remember we had mentioned in the previous podcast, I told you that connection was good. What was that hostile work environment that they was in, man, that they took and they had pulled it out right there at the end? It was one of their last games and everything. Can't come to mind right now. But it was a hostile work environment that they was in, and they was able to take in uh, get, uh, Maryland. Maryland game. Maryland, Maryland. Okay, it was that connection. The Clark Stokey connection is what took him, uh, was able to get them through that third quarter and make that thing happen. She just took it, uh, took it to a whole nother level she, in this she, game. She, she said, hey, look, if she heard us talk about this Caitlin Clark's team and all that, <laughs> hey, look, let me, let me tell y'all something. Caitlin Clark is great as she is. I'm here too. Exactly. I play basketball too. <laughs> dribble, like I, dribble, dribble, dribble. Like pass, pass, pass. It's just a dominating <laughs> game for her, man. Uh, man, hey, hey, congrats on that, yeah, man. Yeah, that's a dominating game. And, and it shows it shows what they're capable of doing. Right. And listen, it, it, if this not a breath of fresh air as far as the team and how far they can go now, you start getting all this stuff cooking at the same time, great meal. And all they want to do is line up on the opposite side of the bracket from South Carolina. That's it. That's it. <laughs> don't let us see them into the championship. Think about it. We don't it. want to see them into, into the championship. I love it. Now, check this out. Ohio State is still doing the thing that they do. They took care of Minnesota 71 to 47. So when you think about that, four out of the five starters, I love saying this, had double digits, and they go ahead, they took care of business this night as well. Just the leaps and just the, the continuing strives that they've making to the top. Because they're sitting at number five now. Right. And and it's coming from just grinding, just keeping, you know, I love saying it. Showing up to work every day. Show up they, to they work. Showed, they had some losses early on in the season. Um, and I can't. I guess it bounced them back in the rankings. But they're showing this is where we should have been the whole time. Did, y'all had it right when y'all brought us in, ranked this high um, in the off season. Y'all had it absolutely right. We just, you know, we was lack of days. We we came out slow. Mm-hmm. Now we ready. Right. Now now we heating up. Now we getting. You know. Now what? Yeah, we ready. I feel you on that. I got a quick question and everything about this next game. Okay, LSU is seem to be starting to get back to their winning ways of uh, beating Vanderbilt 85-62. Uh, but they still have LPP, low pine play. Actually, almost no pine play, uh, but they playing. Uh, let me ask you this question. Have LSU become a distraction to themselves? Talk about where did all these people come from on the bench? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Cause man. they ain't been playing these people all season. We've seen the same two names. It's been Angel Del Rosario and and what's her name, Low Tier Poe, whatever. We've seen them same two people. They ran one, two, three, four, five, six people off the bench this game. <laughs> Where they come from? And it worked. You got. <laughs> You, you know how you had those, that, 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 that clown car? 
and they all just boxed out of Right. They got 17 points off the bench this game, mm. which is the most that they have gotten all season. <laughs> Where have y'all been hiding these six, right. these four other players? <laughs> I've seen two come off the bench consistently. Right. Where was these four other players at? <laughs> And y'all choose to bring him out against Vanderbilt? Yeah, yeah. Warm up. You know what I mean? Warm up. Change the brakes. Check the oil. Oh, no. We got to get this done. Can Moke Can Moke Hey, listen. They'll be all right. I was just trying to figure out she whether or not there was a distraction to themselves, though, uh, before that time, you know, because, like you say, she, Kim Moke knew she had to take and make a change on this thing and had to take it and build up that pine play. Somebody had to come from somewhere. Yeah. Even if there was walk-on. But I touched on it earlier. I think we're talking about um, – Ooh, we, we was talking about Virginia Tech. Yeah. And I was saying how they're a team who just shows up to work every day and they just keep grinding. Mm. She's having to balance what they've built their own brand to be. She's dealing with a lot of people who have their own brand. Angel Reese, probably the, the face of women's basketball right now, honestly. You, you, we know how Kayla Clark get buckets. We talk about Juju but Andrew Reese has that that it mm-hmm. factor to her where people are drawn to. If you're not interested in basketball, you're still drawn to Angel Reese for some reason. And that, that's fine. She has that to her. Then you got Flaze. Basketball was never her end-all, be-all. She let Kim Mulkey know that before she committed. It's not my, yeah, I play basketball. Yes, I want to play basketball. I also make music. I want to make music. I want to do, you know, so it's that. Then you get Haley Van Leaf, who for a long period of time was that girl. She was the it girl. She was her. You got to, then you get, that's it. You went in the, what about Morrow? You go in the portal and get Morrow from Maryland, who, like, she was the guy on her team. Oh, the girl. Oh, the girl. (laughs) She was, she was number one on her team. You're balancing. Then, like, a low-tier poet who came onto the scene in the tournament had put together a great game in, in the finals. Like, you're dealing with balancing a lot if you're Kim Mokey. And it has nothing to do with basketball. That's very interesting. How do you think she's going to end up finishing this thing? She's a great coach. I, I think she'll figure And, like, we're seeing her make the, okay, y'all, don't know, y'all can't get it done. Take that warm-up off. Right. Get in the game. Take yeah. That. So I'm seeing her do things like that. And then the way she, she talks about Angel Reese, the way she talks about these players is she holds them accountable. That's the foundation of it. They still have to recognize it. It'll have to be them buying into something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. Last yeah. year, they didn't really have that problem because they weren't on the scene as they are now. This year, is it's going to be harder to buy into something bigger than yourself when, for the last year, y'all have been the biggest things walking around town. Exactly. Now, this was an exceptional night. You know, I know it was against Vanderbilt, but Morris was in a double-double with uh, 13 points and 10 rips. Angel Reese, a double-double with 15 points, 16 rips. Uh, Van Leaf had 13 points of her own. Williams followed that up with 10. And Fly J. Johnson followed that up with 17. And then, like we said, we had the Pine that showed up to play. So, hey, it, it could be because, come on now, everybody want to beat South Carolina. 
Okay, that's so we, we gearing up right now. That's the mountaintop. You understand? Right we putting on our boots. We gearing up right now for South Carolina. And the benefit that the LSU has, they've already been to battle with them. Yeah. They've been to battle with them, and they held their own until the final three minutes of that game. Got it on tape. They've held their – so now it's, it's not a can we do it. Y'all know y'all can do it. Mm-hmm. It's going to take doing what you know is – what. It, it's going to take doing what you know is called upon you to do. Right. Got to make that thing happen. You have to make it happen. All right, check this out. Must-see TV games on tap. Women's college basketball, baby. Listen, Oregon State going to go up against a girl, Elisa Peely, Utah. Hey, I'm looking for a great game out of Elisa Peely today, yeah. man. I'm looking for that to happen, you know? Double-double. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but it, it's gonna be a good game. Both of these teams is coming in four and one in their last five. They're both they're both uh, playing on good levels right now. Um, I just think that this deciding factor will be at least a pill. Yeah, man. I think it will be a- it, it, absolutely. Now uh, you take you got the number four round in there uh, is going to take in Colorado is going up against Oregon. So you know I know how much you love Colorado, man, in, in their gameplay. Great teams, just a full team of, of ballers, man. You know that's what I love. Just mm. it's not a you know they don't have that that person that everybody you know they is a team and they're doing it. Number four, I hate to say number four is not flying under the radar. But you don't hear anybody talking about Colorado. They're a team who is just steadily taking they they had that big win uh against LSU. Right. At the, the begin it was the beginning of the first season, game first of, game of the season. And have not looked back. Right. I know they I think they failed a couple what did they say that? Uh nineteen and three. So they 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 lost, but they once they took that Spot in the top five, top in that range, it was like, yeah, we're not looking back. We're going to keep this position. We're going to keep letting them know we're one of the best teams in the nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I know that's going to be a wonderful game to watch. Our girl, Cameron Brink, she's back in action, baby. Stanford against Washington. All right, I'm calling a double-double right now. They came off an L, though. They came off an L uh, not too long ago. Wasn't able to take and get that done the last time. So I know they're going to want to have a bounce-back game from that. It's a 51-point game from Juju. Right. They they did bounce back. Uh, They played UCLA. Um 20-point win against a number seven-ranked UCLA team. But, you know, them Juju games, they, they sting they a little sitting, bit more. They sitting, they, I, think, and I, I think that <laughs> led to the 20-point win. UCLA, we talked about them. They're not a they're not a pushover team. No, no. So, if you no. come out and blow them out by 20, I think it's that in the way Juju went about, she single-handedly beat you guys. Mm-hmm. Granted, 51 to 58 is not, you know, but – it is four other players on the court with her at the time. <laughs> so if she can have fifty one, we talked about it. If she can have fifty one, all she need is some for them four other people to score two points apiece. Right. And we won the game. Yep. So she single handedly beat you guys. So that I think that stings and it sits and it resonates with these people, with these ladies going forward. Exactly. You know, TV, she didn't like that. She yeah. said, this is not going to happen. Yeah. But no, 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 no. After, you know, she broke some records. She yeah. did all that. And then y'all come out and do Y'all let somebody drop 50 on y'all? <laughs> Represent the tree. Come on. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, USC. We just talked about Juju, it. baby. They playing against Arizona State. We just talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Juju, not a big night? Uh, I don't think she has a 50, you know, but she's she's consistently around that 25, 27 mark. 
I think that's when she breaks it up to like thirty five. I think she bring and it and it's just her her mentality is something that reminds me so much of Kobe. Mm-hmm. It reminds me so much of how he attacked the game. It's a it's something that it's hard to put into words unless you really and it's about to bring me to tears. <laughs> it's it's fun to watch, it, man. It's something that it's beautiful. It's something when we lost Kobe, I honestly thought I'd never get to see again. But he's lived on in some of these people. We talked about Cam Thomas for the Brooklyn Knicks. How he goes about, I'm going to go get you 40, regardless of when you put me into the game. We talk about Juju Watkins and how she attacks the... After the, I think she had a bad game right before the 51 points. She did. They, I think it was secure, a 19-point game. Secure, and it was just an awful shooting night. Though. Right. Security had to come ask the coach, should I kick Juju out the gym? <laughs> After that, after that game, right. just because she was in there working so long. On, and that's what I mean by how you attack the game. I get you can attack a defender. That's the easy part. Attacking a defender, I feel, is the easy part because it's a man-on-man. It's mano-a-mano. The game is so much bigger than man versus man. It's so much bigger than I'm a skilled individual. You have to attack the game with a level of intensity a level of directed focus. This is what I'm this is what I'm trying to do. Positive aggression. And she showed that from like I said, from that horrible shooting night to that fifty one point game, it showed she has that I'm not settling right. for anything other than being the greatest. Exactly, exactly. Love it. Can't wait to see it. And rounding up tonight is the UCLA uh, team. Did you say it's no longer flying under the radio radar? Uh, UCLA is playing Arizona. I like that Arizona team too. Um, they the record don't really twelve and ten. You know, plus five hundred. But I like what they have on that Arizona team. Right. Um, it's just gonna be. I think they're younger. Uh, Jada Williams out there. It's uh, um, her teammate from high school is on this team as well. So, it, I think it's more they're in that building it up thing, but it's something to keep an eye on out there in Arizona too. Yeah, gonna love to see it, love to watch it again. We love women's sports, baby. Here at the Double Off Script Podcast, we're gonna keep reporting on it. We're gonna keep talking about it. Let's make it do what it do. Hey, hey, we got a little Super Bowl chop-up session, baby, okay? Because you know that game is being played when this weekend. Now, before we get to that right quick, got a couple of things. want you to put your eyes on and give your thought process. Now, you taking, you got Leslie Frazier is going to become the assistant head coach to my man McDonald out there in Seattle. So, how you feel about that? And while you're thinking about that, you got Marvin Lewis to help out AP at the Raiders as assistant head coach. When Marvin Lewis said, I ain't assistant head coach. I'm assistant to the head coach. Uh, they're going old school for I me. Mean, about the Raiders, I can understand it. Yeah. They, they, got, they understand the approach that has already been established with AP. Right. Hard-nosed, no frills, tell you what it is. And, and let's do this thing. Uh-huh. That's what Oakland. That's what Oakland's kind of going for. I, I like what they've built in that, and it all starts with AP. Honestly, it all starts with AP. I like what they did with their staff, though. And then bringing in Marvin Lewis, a guy who's been around, a guy who you know, that's a big move. 
to a guy who, like I said, I'm not an assistant head coach. I'm an assistant to the head coach. That that could though as as much as that could be overlooked, I think that's a big statement to be said. He's not coming in there to try to put his two cents on what we doing as a team. He's coming in to try to help AP do whatever it is he wants to get done. Right. I think that's a big thing. You're not going to have two people butting heads trying to, you know, he's just there to AP says he wants to get to this. Marvin Lewis kind of can help, you know, he's past experience. I, You want that? I can, all right, let's do this, 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 this. Cool. Saint, I mean, Seattle. With Leslie Frazier. Is, it's all going to be, it's a shot in the dark. That's just what I feel like they're doing. It's a shot in the dark. Um, Even with hiring McDonald. Yeah. It's not all, and I just think I've, it's a maturing thing for me as well because, and it, it comes with being a Panthers fan. I've had to understand the, other than the Frank Reich hiring, I knew that was bad. But outside of that, it, it is taking a chance on a fresh look, on somebody who has succeeded elsewhere. Um, they put good film on tape. They, as far as what they do, they put good film on tape. And if that's the, the identity, uh, if that's the side of the ball I'm leaning towards, of course, I'm going to go with this guy. So I have no problem with that, but you also understand it could be boom and bust. Yeah, exactly. I felt there's a little bit of old school mentality that was going on. And like you say, one one kind of makes a little bit more sense than the other, but uh, we're going to keep our eye on that. Uh, Eric B., he, he's still looking for a job, man. It, this this, this turn was me. This, this is a turn of events, man. I was totally unexpected. He, he goes from, you know, one of the uh, greatest offensive coordinators I think they ever call a game. To, to almost or could have possibly been, uh, you know, a head coach uh, to looking for a job. It, it baffles me. And 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 then you, you, your man Dan Quinn didn't take no ownership of it. He said the commanders let him go, the team let him go. That's that's how that happened. Dave Canales came in to the Panthers and said, "I wanted to keep Evero." You know what we did? What we kept Evero. <laughs> Think about it. So, and, and that's a guy who hasn't been around the league as long as Dan Quinn doesn't have the stand as a dick. So, if Dan Quinn wanted to come in and say, I want Eric B. as my offensive coordinator, hey, you're not telling me that the commanders are like, nah, no. And then a lot of people point to the sex and things like that and the unwillingness to get the run going out there in Washington. You also got to understand he also has Sam Howell for a long period of time being the leader in passing. So it's like, what do y'all want from this man? Right. In a bad situation, he made Sam Howell, who was a, what, fifth-round pick, a second thought. He was an afterthought as far as starting quarterback. He made him look decent to to borderline good. Borderline great, honestly, for a period of time last year. And that wasn't enough for him to, to not even, you know, me and us both, said our words for him getting that head coaching job in Washington. Right. We both gave him our, our stamps of approval, which we understand it don't mean much, but we gave him our stamp of approval. Not only did they not consider him for that position, y'all didn't even consider bringing him back as an offensive coordinator. When you have what you have as far as draft stock, as far as he's go get a legit 
Like, you know, yeah. a guy who y'all look at as can start in this mm-hmm. league for 10 plus years. Both of these guys that you, Caleb Williams and Drake May, you both talk about, everybody talks about these guys as franchise quarterbacks. Right. Eric B would have got one of these two guys. You fire him and go hire Cliff Kingsbury. Mm. Think about it. <laughs> I don't understand the dude. Okay, with, with that being said, do, do he make a, a reconnection with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs? Because it's been whispers that he done talk to him. I, I would. If I'm a chick, that's, if I'm any team, first off, let me get that. If I'm any team, I'm calling Eric. I think that the only reason that Andy Reid it was kind of gave him his stamp of approval of, of him kind of letting because he wanted to say that listen, he he can do what he and do. It, it was one of those trying to prove because with being an offensive coordinator, when you're under an offensive guru as Andy Reid is, you know they're kind of hesitant with. So it was a let me go to Washington where. Ron Rivera is a defensive-minded coach. The offense has not been that good. We understand what. So it was that. Let me go prove myself elsewhere. It didn't. And it's nothing. I don't think it was. It's nothing against him that it didn't succeed. Honestly, I don't think it was him. I think it's just a lack of things around. You know, a lack of things you need to make a thing go. You don't have a Patrick Mahomes here. You don't have a Travis Kelsey. You don't You don't have a Tyreek Hill. You don't have none of these things on this offense. I made the best out of what I could. Yeah, and the game that I remember most is standing out to me is when uh, the Eagles was like uh, smoking red hot, and I think it may have been in between that 10-1 and one start that they had. Uh, they put up 43 it, points, 43-41. 48 minutes it, to win that game. It did. And, and man, the day. Sam Howell looked great. He looked and that great. offense looked even yeah, better. I'm saying, like, it, it – it was something there. Um, Washington, they whole offseason, it's not even offseason. I'm just be real. Their whole past six, seven, eight months has been questionable. Yeah. We talked about them blowing up that defense, trading away Montez Sweat and Chase Young. We talk about you going to the draft and getting Emmanuel Forbes Jr. We talk about you hiring Eric B and not, you know, we talk about all these things. Your last almost a year has been terrible. It's been terrible. Now you go get Dan Quinn, Cliff. And that's the thing. Cliff Kingsbury, cool. They say he's an offensive guy, too. He had the number one pick in Kyler Murray. What did he do in Arizona? Mm-hmm. As a head coach, I, that means you called him. I know you had whatever say so you wanted in the offense. What did you do in Arizona? So now you're going to entrust him with another top two quarterback and think this is what are we doing? <laughs> I don't understand it. Yeah, it, it don't make any sense to me. I, I just want to know because, you, you know, we have talked about this before. Uh, Eric B. down there in Atlanta, baby. He got oh, Raheem yeah. Morris uh, as, as, the new, as the new head coach down there. Uh, that may be a good fit. Got a lot of tools to work with. Yeah, that's, that's great for them. Yeah. Uh, they still got to figure out that quarterback situation. But other than that, that yeah. offense is set to go. I got you. Well, we're going to see how them chips fall, baby. Listen, I got a scenario for you. What's that? All right. Number one, we're taking, we had a situation where Chase Young and his effort on the field has been in question. All right. Scenario number one, Chase Young doesn't play in the Super Bowl and they lose. No. Uh, not even the lose, but Chase Young don't play. All right. But let me finish. Oh, my fault. Chase Young <laughs> doesn't play in the Super Bowl and they win. No. You don't like neither one of those? No. So Chase Young playing? Chase Young gotta play. All right, cool. Now, got past all of that. <clears throat> Great talk. Listen, now that you had an extra little bit of time for them chicken wings to marinate, 
I want to know who you have winning the Super Bowl, why, and what's going Uh Winning one a chicken dinner. It's tough. Or um, that. Let me, let me. I'm, Break it down. I'm here. Break it down. Basis behind my pick, too. Okay. Um, Outside of the Kansas City Miami Dolphins game, I've betted against Patrick Mahomes <laughs> at every turn. <laughs> um, I just can't do that anymore. <laughs> as a. As a <laughs> you know, you gotta. <laughs> The second part of live and learn is um is learn, <laughs> and that's kind of yeah. that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. I'm, I'm just learning. I'm a little L and L. I'm just learning. Um, but yeah, nah. Uh, just the way this defense has kind of played, um, especially last week against Lamar, um, and then the level that Patrick Mahomes plays at. And then these receivers all of a sudden figured out where they left their hands. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, oh my much, goodness. As, as much as I would love to see the 49ers pull this thing off, just because I think it would be the, the story of a lifetime with, you know, Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, then you got the guy Carolina gave up on in CMZ. You got Brandon IU. You got the the running back receiver and Debo. You know you got some you got some stories there. But you also got that 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 monster at the top of the hill that's known as uh, Patrick Mahomes. Right. Um. It, I just think it's gonna be a tough thing to overcome. And we've seen the 49ers in this playoffs start off slow. They've started off slow in both of their games and just found ways to get it done. That's not going to work against the Chiefs. Right, yeah. It's not going to work against the Chiefs. Because the best thing you can do is get up on the Chiefs and hope somebody lets Patrick Mahomes down. Drop a ball, miss an assignment. That's the best thing you can do. Fumbles. If you let them get up on you, it kind of depreciates the value of – one of those mistakes. One of those mistakes isn't as loud as it would be if you were up. Right, exactly. They're comfortable in being up. Even if you can come... If Patrick Mahomes in the game with the ball in his hand with a chance to tie or win, your options are... you can run, Unless it's like a four-point game. If it's a three-point game, anything like that, to where he doesn't have to get in the end zone. Let me say that. To where I don't have to get us in the end zone. To where I don't have to depend on somebody making the catch. You guys are in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that's just what it is. You guys are in trouble. If you give him a chance to ice you out, he will ice you out. We've seen it against the Ravens. They did everything late to get back into that game. Third and 10. Two, I think it was like 2.13 left. So if they would have got that stop right there, you get two-minute warning with two timeouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you think about this game right here, um, do you feel like it's going to be uh, – because you remember the last time they played, we seen until it went to triple zeros, baby. The whole entire game was watched. Um, with this game right here, do you feel it's going to be a closer type game? Uh, how you look at the score type situation? Um, I do think it's be closer. Uh, just because of the offensive power for the Chiefs is not there. They, they, they don't put up – last time this team played was in 2022. I want to say it was 44-20. 
uh, Kansas City doesn't have that offensive power that they had back then. Uh, I'm I'm leaning more towards 28, 24, 27, 24, something like that in that range. Um, Mid-20s, I'm thinking I'm leaning towards the Chiefs. Okay, I got you. So, you know, I was thinking about this game a lot, and um, we, we was uh, really – well, for me, uh, I was trying to figure out kind of like, you know, what, which way to go. Because um, when you think about it, I, I never was really big on San Francisco this whole entire season. I just wasn't. Um, when it came to Brock Purdy and, uh, you know, Mr. Relevant, because that's what he was, because that's what he was pulled in the draft. I'm not making it up. Yeah. Uh, he was. Um, but um, I, 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 he, he hadn't really shown me a whole lot as far as like, the, the games that really, really, really count. I mean, I just, when I look at, think about Patrick Mahomes, it's like, I think he just has one more rabbit to pull out the head. That's just yeah. how I feel about it. I ain't taking nothing out of Brock Purdy's and game. It's always the feeling Patrick gives you. Right. I mean, I'm not taking nothing out of Brock Purdy's game yeah. and, and, and Shanahan and his, and his scheming. And when it comes to the San Francisco defense, I ain't taking nothing from him. I just feel that Patrick Mahomes has one more rabbit to pull out the head. How do you feel? Okay, I get that sentiment, right? He hasn't shown you enough in those past two games where... If you want to get personal, we should have beat him, okay? The Green Bay Packers should have beat him. But he didn't make plays. Granted, when y'all gave... Y'all shouldn't have gave him those opportunities. Exactly. That's what it comes down to for y'all. For him, though, he took advantage of those opportunities. He did. In those third or fourth quarters to, to grab that lead and walk away with it. Detroit game, they was getting whooped. They was getting as soon as they rung that bell, it was Muhammad Ali versus me. Mm-hmm. So it, it, we we understand how that looked. Yep. He found a way to withstand all of that and fight through it and get that W again. So without and then you got to think last year he got him to the NFC Championship, and a lot of people can argue if he didn't go down. And people try to forget this when he went down. There was nobody else on that roster. Jimmy G had already went down. Trey Lance had already went down. So when he went down, I think they was throwing out John Jones. I think that's a UFC fight. <laughs> so they didn't get Sam Donald until late, right? Yeah, they got Sam Donald coming into this year. Right. So they didn't have anybody to replace. So he came back in and couldn't throw the ball five yards. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people can't argue he would have been in the Super Bowl last year. Right. I just think with those things he has shown. And I've, I've never been a guy that, you know, a lot of people try to wash away what he's done because of the talent around him. I don't believe in that because somebody still has to get the ball to these guys. But I also am aware that he had to prove something, and that's what I think he's done in yeah. his playoff run. I think he has proved something to where it's not – the San Francisco 49ers are here in spite of you. Right. They're here due to me. Mm. Not com- 100%. But they're here due to me. I have a big part in, in what we're doing. Grant, like I said, I still am leaning towards Mahomes, but have you not seen anything from him in this playoff run? I mean, I have, and, you know, I take it, it's a little bit bittersweet because, like you said, he did take advantage when we didn't, and I'm just going back to that, that Packers game, mm-hmm. and, you know, we did have a whole bunch of questions uh, when it came to Detroit. Uh, you know, they, they still had a great team and, and a good coach. So, yeah, he has, and, and you know, I, I give it up. I tell you, yeah, he has, um, and I do think that this, and I think that's why I'm going to watch this game because I think 
think it's going to be a great game because I really want to know how he's going to respond uh, because I think that he, he still have a lot in the tank. He's still young. Yeah. His career is just really getting started. Oh, uh, so. Second year. Right. And so it's the brightest lights he's, you know. Yeah. He made it to the NFC Championship last year and got hurt. Granted that, I'm giving him that leeway. This is the brightest stage, the biggest stage that you've been on. That's what I want to see. Yeah, yeah. And I do, too. I, I still think Kansas City is going to win. Though. Yeah, I got Kansas City. I, because I think that um he, he looks real calm on the outside, but I think on the inside, he's like a deer in headlights, man. Yeah, it, I think it's a it's a frightening experience. For yeah. Me. It's something that he didn't. And this is the biggest stage in the NFL. I know he believes in himself. I know he believes that he could do this job. I just don't think he expected to be at this at at this point playing in this high stakes of a game as early as he is. Right. I just think that'll be something. And that's the thing. Patrick has been here. Patrick's been here. Patrick's in this year more than any. It's been more of I've had to fight to get here. So I think that's what. Will lean more in Patrick's. I think that's what leans more towards the Chiefs. Of we've been here, yes, but this year was way harder than any other year that we've ever got here before. Mean a little bit more. It's gonna mean more. It's gonna mean some. It's gonna mean more. And Patrick's not gonna be one of those guys who. Okay, we got here. It's whatever. Nah, y'all bet not let me down. Right. Yeah, I feel you. And so um, I'm going to get my score, too. Uh, I think it's going to be KC 28, San Francisco 21. Yeah, so, I got let, Huh? Oh, my fault. I got uh, KC 31, San Francisco 27. Let's make it do what it do. We're going to watch it, and then we're going to chop it up. Da, da, da. Listen, got great news about our man Julius Peppers, okay? Uh, just a little quick one and everything. Just congratulations on that. You tell me what you got for us. Um, First... Hall of Famer to be drafted by our very own Carolina Panthers. They did something right. We got it right, man. <laughs> he was our number one overall pick coming out of UNC. You know, um, Tar Heels for Tar life. Tar life. He played basketball there too. So he's the definition of a Tar Heel, baby. You <laughs> know, and he stayed in the Tar Heel state. Yeah. So I love it. Um, I'm I'm glad he's getting the recognition that he deserves. Um, not being saddled by team success. You know, a lot of a lot of times you do get saddled with the team success thing. I'm glad that they just recognized the greatness that he was. Um, shout out to some other other names. I want to say like Devin Hester. I want to say is uh getting involved in this. So it's a great class as well. But just I'm excited. Like as a Carolina Panther fan, who we don't get the recognition that I think. A lot of our players deserve. This is great for us. Absolutely, a mad shout out to uh, Julius Peppers, man. Like you said, he took and he played both of the sports. He played football and he played basketball. Had a great career with Carolina. I know you got some kind of love for him too. He went out there to you Packers. Yeah, that's what still. I was gonna say. He played for Green Bay. Did a great job. Actually, had the privilege of actually meeting him one time, man, in Mooresville one time in North Carolina. Great guy, laid back uh, and much deserving. Again, one more time. Shout out. Great congratulations to Julius Pampers, baby. Let me start this campaign now, too, though. 2025 Hall of Fame class Luke Keekley is available for first ballot. Let's make it do what it does. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> yeah! We would like to thank everyone for listening today. Please join us again on our next episode of the Donald and Donald Podcast. And you know we double off script, people. Please.
please, please remember to drink your water and don't forget to stretch. And yeah, don't worry about your wind. Just know that it's coming. Yeah. See y'all next episode. Let's go. Double three. <laughs> yeah.